And we're back again. We're back. And it's full only house. been a few days. And it is a full house. Mm-hmm. We've got John Mayo in the flesh with us today. Virtual flesh, what's up? Virtual. <laughs> IRL virtual. It's like the inception of <laughs> IRL. <laughs> <laughs> so John Mayo is one of our avid listeners of uh, the the 30 people that listen to our podcast. (laughs) He's he's one of them. Mm -hmm. And John and I go way back. I think we've known each other like nine years now, John. Yeah, it's definitely been a lot of years for sure. It's been a lot of years. John's from Halifax. He has a business called... Mayo Brothers Consulting. Mayo Brothers Consulting. And do you want to get into your origin story a little bit and why you wanted to or why you agreed to come on the podcast yeah sounds good oh you're showing me like right now yeah right now uh, okay cool it. yeah but yeah basically um yeah we, we we met yeah probably like 10 years ago and we've kind of kind of like seen each other like grow and just yeah become kind of like out of the norm i think and mm-hmm. once you started the podcast i just kind of like listened to a couple episodes because yeah, I didn't really know what it was all about, um, but I knew you were into some different shit. So I was like, okay, that's probably interesting. And a lot of, and like, yeah, and I wasn't really well versed on a lot of the stuff that you were talking about. Like, I'd read the way the way of the spirit man, but I was kind of like, uh, I don't know if that's bullshit or not. Like, after I read that book, it kind of like confirmed for me that there was like something there that I was missing. And then once I started listening to the podcast. Um, it kind of just showed me more about the masculine and feminine and reasons why conflicts arise between the two and also how synergies arise between the two. Um, so that's kind of like what we, what got me on it. Um, also the fact that you're talking about sales and business because um, we kind of have similar businesses, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, and then, yeah, I just kind of have been listening to it for a while. And then yeah, when you asked, I was like, yeah, that'd be sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so lots of things in common. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you have any questions for John at this point? Well, I am kind of curious about what you feel like was missing in your life and, and your journey that way, because you mentioned that. Jenna goes real deep, real fast. <laughs> so I, I can't help it. So like, at what, at what point specifically? Um, what do you mean specifically, I guess? Yeah, because when you were talking about you started, maybe it was before you started listening to the podcast, but you said you knew Becky was into some different shit, and um, you felt like something was missing. Is that how you felt? Or you um, were just yeah. curious? Maybe not even necessarily knew something was missing, but just knew that, um, like, you just knew that there was a wavelength that I might not be on, and I don't like that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's how I get into most stuff, whether it be, like, movement-related or like, meditation or anything like that. I feel like there's a piece missing. I try to like course correct quickly and figure out what that is. Um, and then I just think listening to you guys discuss, um, yeah, just relationships and the masculine feminine type deal and kind of like how you can take on different roles of those two things and the whole alpha thing. I was just like kind of interested to know more about that. So that's kind of like what kept me coming back and, and listening to try to just like, yeah, yeah, use the information to, like, better myself and how I interact and engage in the world. Okay, awesome. So what have you learned about being alpha, and how have you applied that? Um, 
Yeah, I, th- I think just like being okay with uh, being more okay with being wrong and being vulnerable and just being like, yeah, okay, like this is how it is. Like, let's just be open and honest about things. And yeah, just kind of understanding when my significant other is being more masculine and more feminine and like how to kind of meet them in that um, and just kind of like really reducing conflict and just like accepting it when it does arise and just being okay with that. I I think that's kind of like the main thing for me. Mm -hmm. Right. And just being able to handle conflict in general because you're never going to get rid of it, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Awesome. I think that the whole alpha male thing is so fascinating Mm -hmm. and alpha female too, if that's a thing. Um, Some people claim that alpha female isn't a thing. Because Some people say it's not a thing. Yeah, like it's it's more like the femininity principle isn't a leadership principle, so it's more that. Well, maybe it should be named like magnetic or radiant. Yeah, female. would be almost more suited. It's it's that submissive, but in the best way, submissive. It's like reception. conscious, consciously submitting, yeah, and surrendering. I feel like. Yeah, that's the that's that end of the pole, uh, but yeah. if a woman is in her. Well, well, really, if a woman or a man is in her alpha, they're balanced in their masculine and their feminine. Mm. So that's what it sounds like you're saying there, John, is that your uh, ability to kind of tune into your partner and see what's needed and then navigate conflict in a in a turned on way as opposed to it causing disconnection. Because mm. conflict is going to lead to more connection mm-hmm. if you do it right. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that you guys, even today, like one thing that you guys talk about, but a lot, I don't know if I've really kind of got into the specifics or understood the specifics, but like when you're talking about like being like, like high or low, like different days like that. And just Mm -hmm. like kind of the energy of a day, just being like, oh, wow, it's like today's like shitty for no reason, but like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like accepting it, kind of almost like laughing about it. Like even today for me, I was like, wow, why does today suck? Like yesterday was awesome. Today (laughs) feels sucky. But just being like, that's weird and funny. Um, I'll just roll with it. So I like that too. And because obviously that happens to every person, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter like what position they're in in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I like that too. Riding the cycles instead of fighting the cycles. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Or labeling them as like good and bad. Yeah them for sure so would you mm-hmm. would you say that you're more up like jane and i or you're more down like jenna like overall <laughs> yeah yeah which emotions um, are you more comfortable in the ups or the downs um oh that's a weird one because i feel like forever it was the ups but now it's kind of like sometimes the ups are so good i'm just like is this real like i like it's kind of <laughs> like, I, yeah i don't know like i feel i think the ups still but I'm definitely getting more comfortable with the downs too. But do you know what I mean there? Like with the yeah. ups sometimes, they're like, yeah. is going to like turn off the simulation here? What's going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, we were just... I, feel like, I feel like I'm kind of in that season too where the ups are, are so good that I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. This has come yeah. up in yeah. my coaching quite a bit, this uh, inability to receive the up fully and that whole upper mm-hmm. limiting mm-hmm. theme. Um, when we, it seems like things start to sabotage or they don't go right when we want something so badly or we're feeling too good, our body wants yeah. to regulate back to where we're comfortable. So it, it, it contracts. 
and it can look like different things like it can look like purely external things like uh i remember the first time i was supposed to go to new york to go to a one taste event like the very first like doing orgasmic meditation training my flight was canceled and i was devastated like just straight up canceled that had never happened before where a flight was just canceled like they forget yeah, fuck you yeah <laughs> no and and so i missed the entire day i still went but i was super late and Damn. i missed most of the training but then what ended up happening was i was walking around on West Broadway in New York and I ran into Justin Bieber. I was like like feet away from Justin Bieber. I saw his like entire neck tattoo. He's tall. Really? Like he's tall, like quite taller than me. Really? Yeah. So that wouldn't have happened if I would have got my flight. Are you sure it was Justin Bieber? hundred percent. There was paparazzi. I could swear he's a midget. He's he's skinny. He's definitely skinny. But hilarious yeah that was a few years ago but that was an example of upper limiting because i there was something so good and Mm -hmm. i was so looking forward to it and it was almost like it was going to save me so there's that kind of aspect to it too uh but then oh man like i think jane uh on the recent one maybe you said something about like a course saving your life and then you're just like yeah fuck this like i'm done with these courses they don't actually do was it, am I right? Did you say something like that? Oh, that was the last time. Was it the yeah. Joe Spenza course? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Jenna. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. It's like thing after thing after thing, and I put all my hope on it. Like, mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that this morning, actually, how I put like all this hope on this external thing when the joke is on me that until mm-hmm. I feel like I deserve it, mm-hmm. like I own it, yeah. then yeah. I'll just keep searching for the thing that's going to save me. Right. But this time around, I'm like, okay, this was supposed to be the ultimate thing. It was like at the end yeah. of my list, I did it, and I still felt like I hadn't been fully saved. Like each time, I got a bit closer. But and, and how many of our how many of our friends are still in that? Like, oh, and I achieve this when I get this mm-hmm. house, when I get married, when I have when my, I lose ten pounds, when I lose ten pounds, when I get this facelift and or run this marathon, or that's when I'll be happy. And we do that yeah. over and over and over again. And it seems like people can spend their entire lives doing that, right? But Yeah, it's, it's so weird. And it's just funny when you notice it. Because it's like, even though I know that, I'm, I'm still like, see it unfold. You're like, oh, like this happened. But now it's just the same. And you just hear so many people talk about it. And it's just like a constant reminder thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you mentioned somewhere in there, self-sabotage. I find that so interesting. Like just seeing people do that. And you're like, what? why are you doing this like intentionally but also unintentionally like it's the weirdest thing to watch in like any situation yeah so how does that come up for you guys where where you've got that sabotaging you seem to have this this conscious goal of something you want to achieve but subconsciously where is that showing up in your lives now oh right now with this new relationship i have i think it's showing up and I'm like hesitant to talk about it and I feel like a lump in my throat so it probably means I should but like just trying to show up authentically and like 100% be myself like I actually feel like I'm walking a tightrope like I'm just like oh I don't want to like go too far and feel too like vulnerable or be too open but it's like but that's how I do want to show up but it actually like makes me feel physically ill sometimes like just that fear that comes up but it seems like every time I lean into it, like this 
guy like likes me more and our connection grows which is really cool but yeah terrifying so I'm like trying not to to self-sabotage there and pull back I guess and would you say he's putting like really good quality attention on you so good so good so good like probably like the best like masculine container I've ever experienced that's that's exactly that's it's so hot right Mm -hmm. but also so scary and and have we ever talked on the podcast John if you can remember about being on or off the spot uh I don't remember yeah I don't think so I don't know if we have I don't think so yeah not that I remember it's an orgasmic meditation term and it's like there's a part on the clitoris that has the most sensation and whether that's like really highly pleasurable or it sometimes can be painful but there's a spot that has a lot of sensation and in every moment there's a the the most resonant place of the highest sensation and that's usually where the truth is Mm. and so what there's this thing that happens with women in that we want you to be on our spot but we also it's uncomfortable to hold that much sensation so we'll try to bat you off of it and push you off like of it. literally this morning we were oming john and i and i wanted to kick him in the jaw i even told him like <laughs> i want to kick you so specific <laughs> it's always the jaw it's always the jaw or the neck i want to like go for the kill shot <laughs> Get off the spot. <laughs> Donkey kick him. He's you right in the chin. But seriously, it's the weirdest thing. Because in your mind, you're like, I know if you stay on that spot, it's going to be gold. Mm-hmm. And I even said to him, like, I know what's on the other side of that spot. But, like, I want to kick you in the throat right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what, what? Oh, man. I was confused there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought... Initially, I thought you meant you were literally like sitting face to face, being like, "Oh my god!" And I, I remembered the ohm term. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's a, that's actually so good. You brought that up because I use it yeah. and I don't even think of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. Funny. When I say ohm, I mean orgasmic meditation, like mm-hmm. ohm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Extremely what important. the hell is going on? <laughs> weird it's still weird it's probably it just as weird as sitting face to face and oming at each other yeah. but <laughs> but yeah we learn so much from this practice mm-hmm. that's interesting about like how it's applicable to just life too mm-hmm. with like pushing off something like pushing off a topic or whatever it may be because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we both want the attention and then we don't feel fully safe with the attention or that yeah. we're going to get humiliated or rejected or shamed in some way if the spotlight's on us too long and then we and then that's we have all these mechanisms to wiggle around the spot but yeah. nothing feels as like um as good feeling nutrient wise as when you're like really resonant with someone and on the spot Mm -hmm. it's like going over the edge it's kind of like um a trust thing too for sure where you're like i'm at my edge right now and i don't know if this is going to be painful or pleasurable (laughs) well that's the thing it's going to take you out of control right which is what jane was saying yeah that's 100 percent how i feel just like that fear of like this is so good and it's just bumping up against all my self-worth stuff and like to what we were talking about of 
that kind of like linear, you know, go get it, achieve it. And then you're like, oh, fuck, like this wasn't everything. Do you know what I mean? Like that 10 pounds or that new promotion or whatever. Um, And so right now it's like, okay, I've got, I'm literally getting everything I wanted relationship wise right now. And I'm just like trying so hard to stay present with it and like hold all the sensation of that. And it's bumping up against all my self-worth stuff of like, Oh, like this can't be possible. Like for me, like how, like how could this happen for me? Like just little old me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm like, I don't want to miss it. Like I literally want to soak up every drop of it and like mm-hmm. experience it and enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Definitely upper limiting problems of, you're going to get to the point soon, and it's going to happen soon, where this is your new normal. Like, being with him and being treated really well and having good quality attention on you, that'll be your new, new like, lowest standard instead of the highest standard. But this transition phase in between, mm-hmm. which is kind of what seems to be energetically going on for everybody, this transition phase of, going, of getting over the upper limit. An upper limit, the term, comes from the big leap by Gary Jay Hendrix. Is it Gary Hendrix? Yeah. Yeah. Have you read that one, John? I haven't. That's a good one. I think you'd like it. Um, that sounds interesting. It's, it's, yeah, this whole concept of how when we reach the max, max goodness that we can handle, we will try to, our bodies will, and our subconscious will try to bring us back down to where we were comfortable again. There's a contraction phase. And part of that is normal. Like there's expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction. But we want to be keep, we want to keep, I'm I'm hand gesturing that we're like still expanding, even if we're contracting a little bit, two steps back, three steps forward kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So wait, did you say that what people, like what he's saying that people tend to do is you up your baseline, but you want to go back down to where you were before you upped your baseline? Yeah. Yeah. You've pushed that baseline. Because I would think that it would be different because I would, just thinking about it in terms of um, like the relativity of money, it's like, oh, I really want 3000 bucks, and then you get it and it's like, oh shit, like I want more, like I want 100000 I want a million. And it's like mm-hmm. that, I feel like I would think it would be like that, but I don't know. I think that eventually happens once you, once you learn how to deal with the upper limit problem, but there are, what are the books, even in Think and Grow Rich or other books where they describe successful people uh they successful people know how to get themselves out of that upper limiting problem whereas um people who don't will stay it doesn't matter uh, what you give them they'll stay at um like basically like you know how you you know people that are professionals and they're still living paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. we still have a lack mentality you still have a lack mentality you still feel right? the scarcity all the time even yeah. if so even if you make like I, i'm mm-hmm. actually finding this in my own life because my parents passed on that sca- like scarcity kind of lack mindset around money so it's like okay i'll go get my master's degree go get the next level of training that's going to get me paid higher and higher and higher but every time i get paid higher more bills start cropping up right that's exactly mm-hmm. it Right. And it's like, oh, frick, like, I thought by the time I made over $100,000, I wouldn't have to think about money all the time. And like, oh, my God, I got to pay the babysitter 60 bucks. Can I pull that out of my account? Yeah. But I'm like, I'm still doing that sometimes because yeah. I'm still in that mindset. Still in that. It's a, it is a mindset thing. 
it's so yeah that's so interesting and I, I like i'm so conscious of that and just trying to like stay as lean as possible no matter what like just no extra expenses like i thought like yeah i'm, I'm I'm pretty like I, I. It's weird. Like I can't. I can shift in between like scarcity mindset and just like I don't give a fuck mindset. It's so weird because for so long I was super, super like ridiculously frugal, like sleeping on <laughs> instead of hostels frugal. And now it's like I can kind of shift in between the two and see when it's reasonable and unreasonable. Eating one Cliff Bar a day. Frugal. But did you like it? <laughs> oh, like fuck, I mean. I love it. Yeah, there's like an addiction there too. Where yeah, it is. Like, no, it is an addiction. It's like just like people get addicted to money. It's like you get addicted to just like saving money. And be like, man, I haven't sp- like I haven't spent a dollar in fucking two weeks, and you're just like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's like so pleasing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally, oh, yeah. when I met you, John, you were still living at home in the same bedroom as your brother, <laughs> and, and you literally like ate a Cliff Bar a day. Like, that was oh like... yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, so I lived at home for a while. In, in, in hindsight, I didn't live at home for, like, a crazy amount of time. But in my head, I was like, I am a fucking loser. Like, I felt so self-conscious about it. And, like, and – but in hindsight, it was like – I don't know. I was like, what, 26 When I met you, you were, like, 20. 25, which isn't – yeah, it's just not yeah. that crazy. But in my head, I was I was all fucked up about it. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. But then it's funny. Like, as soon as I moved out, I was like, I can't move out. There's no way I can afford it. Like, I'll never be able to do that. And then as soon as you move out, I just like, oh, I need to find a way now. Like, fuck. All right, let's go put the, put the gas on and figure it out. Well, and, the, and that's what I think the – there's, like, the living frugal and the, the freedom that comes with that. Like, the just, like, I can literally – I have the freedom to drop everything and go wherever I want, whenever I want to. And you do that. You will go mm. traveling and go on adventures and do things like that. But then the opposite side of that scarcity mindset is exactly what you're saying. Of like, If I have these things in an abundance mi- mindset, I trust that the money will come as I need mm-hmm. it. I don't have to be so severe that I'm, I'm yeah, like malnourished or not buying clothes forever (laughs) or or whatever it is and we all do it it's not not just you but this is where it's kind of interesting where sales comes into the the puzzle I want to talk about sales and then eventually I want to talk about spirituality we've touched a little bit on it but um how does it in your business and then Jane Jane's kind of like our sales guru she's so so fucking intuitive and good at sales Mm -hmm. uh how do you see your process of like pitching a sale to a potential client? Like how, how has that shifted for you? Um, yeah. So I've always been pretty good at like making connections just out of the blue with nothing. Just kind of like, even if it's somebody that's super, super dissimilar and like doesn't have a lot in common, I'll always like find some sort of common ground. And I think that helped me a lot, like getting, getting into sales initially um, because when I first hired a business coach, he was, he was just like, yeah, like you're going to be on the phone. You're going to be selling to people. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. And he was like, that's the only way he's like, that's the only way you're going to be able to sell like high ticket items is like, people need to talk. They need to know there's somebody there. They need to know that you actually care. And I was like, Hey, that makes sense. But like, I can't do that. I don't think. And then soon as it came, like, like I remember like calling like, the first time I ever like had a lead and like called and I was just like, oh, so nervous. And then as soon as I heard hello, it was just like fucking instant flow state. And I was just like, I'm getting the sale. And it, and it, it was honestly good and bad because I got the first sale that I ever tried. So I had this like confidence that was just a little bit too much. I was like, oh, I got this. I can do anything. And then uh, obviously you get no. It was like, that's just part of the process. And 
got a bunch of no's after that. And I was like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> just realized that it's the rhythm. It's like, yeah, you're going to get no's. Right. Yes. And that's just the way it goes. And you just have to be consistent. So I think just uh, like applying the cycles of life to like say, it's like, it's just like a cycle. There's going to be ups and downs and just accepting that, that that's kind of like the main lesson that I've drawn from that. That's awesome. That's like what Joe Rogan talks about when he's like, you, you might, you'll have a really good set doing stand-up comedy and then you'll tank. And it's those tanks that make the, the killing it so much sweeter and better and available. Totally. Totally. I think it gets confusing when, and I'm sure like he's probably mentioned this before when it's like, you know that you did like really well, but for some reason you tank anyways. And you're just like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck? How, like, how is that possible? It's the best I've ever done. But like nobody Mm -hmm. laughed or like some person didn't say yes. And then it's kind of like, you just become aware of the fact that like, all right, well that that person just, it wasn't right. They weren't going to laugh. They weren't going to say yes, no matter what I did. Mm -hmm. And then just like being like, all right, and just being like, all right, on to the next one kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's the place where I struggle in business. Is like where I, I deep down know that I did well and that I delivered the thing I was meant to deliver. And then I second guess myself. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And I'll go over every single detail of it mm-hmm. and then like roast myself with it. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's the spot the where I... you're addicted to though, I think. Yeah. Of like the, the self-roast, you're like, you love that. It must be because, some, yeah. Some, in a kinky way, you love that feeling. I have to. <laughs> I have to to keep finding myself there. Right? Right? But yeah, just when I watch people like you, John, and like my husband, John, and Jane, and yeah. Becky, and you guys are like, you just shake it off, and, and I'm like, <laughs> no big deal. what? The littlest thing can happen, and I'm in my head about it, and like, okay, next time I gotta do better. I can't do that again, and like, do I even want to do this anymore? Am I even good at this? Should I just quit completely? <laughs> I think yeah. I do a good job of hiding it, but I definitely go through some trippy ass thoughts and then yeah. like some ridiculous ops where you're just like, I'm fucking going to fly to Hong Kong tomorrow. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, well, not now. I'm not, not ready to no, <laughs> I kind of I get off on that feeling, Jenna, of like, oh, I can't like, oh, I can't do this, blah, blah. And then I like trick myself and then I surprise myself and like close some huge sale and I'm like, this isn't happening to me. Like, how did I do that? I didn't even think I could make the $10 sale, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> so so Jane, it's a crazy ass feeling when it's real. It's real crazy when like you know you did shitty, but it works anyways, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> I was yeah. or bad. I was stumbling over my words, forgetting things. And it's like, yeah. yep, I'm in. But what? You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You say yes to that. Meanwhile, they just appreciate your vulnerability and your realness and your humanness, and that's really it's the it's not even what you say; it's just the vibe you're giving or the the yeah. the connection, like you said. For yeah. sure. So I find sales like a really fun place to play with that internal balance of masculine and feminine. And I get like yeah. a visual of like a like a bubble almost or like a globe full of water and the water is the feminine and the outside like the hard exterior is the masculine and you like go in there and you're direct with some people and that like really resonates but then like leap like that lean back to like draw people in kind of feels like the feminine energy and I find sales like such a dance Mm -hmm. between those two and just like playing in the energy of what's resonant yeah and it honestly like I get off on it hard and have to be careful with it because 
if I use that in relationships, it's just straight up manipulation. Mm-hmm. But in, in sales, when you know and you have the container of like, and the context of I'm coming here with a product or an offering, it's fun because you have consent, right? Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. You're also kind of fluid. Like, it sounds sales. like you're feeling it out as mm-hmm. you go. Like, just how yeah. hard to push and just when to back off. Yeah. Yeah. Because I relate yeah. to that, like, in therapy. When I'm in therapy, that's how it always feels. It feels so good that way. But the minute I have to think that there's money on top of that, yeah, it like mm. is such a buzzkill. Yeah, it's yeah. so yeah, it's so interesting trying to like figure people out on the fly. And I think I'm good at doing that quickly. Like, all right, like this is probably going to be a yes or a no, or they're not into this or whatever. But it's just cool watching how people change as soon as money's brought up, like so many people have like the scarcity mindset and they're immediately just trying to like discount the value that they could gain from it. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. And then some people, it's just like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm in, here's my credit card. And you're, it's just so weird how people differ with that. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you find that the people that come to you with scarcity mindset tend to be yeses or do they mostly tend to be noes? Uh, I'd have to look back on like my notes and everything because I forget a lot of them, but I think, honestly, I think a lot of the people are in, like, self-improvement mode, so they've kind of said, like, all right, like, I'm at a point where I need to, where I need to help myself, so I think the most, for the most part, they don't have the scarcity mindset, um, sometimes you can swing them and be like, all right, like, listen, like, are mm-hmm. you, I can do this on my own, are you, can you actually, like, will you, though, like, I'm telling you right now that I can help you get to where you need to be, but, like, if you hang up the phone, like, are you going to do it, like, I want you to do it, but the question is, like, will you? And sometimes you can kind of sway them. But yeah. uh, I think for the most part, yeah, like, they wouldn't be in that mindset when they actually go book the call. Because I guess that's, like, a good question for all of you guys is, like, when someone comes to you, it feels like a yes, 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 and then money's brought up and it's, like, everything drops, like a gut punch. Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. feel it. Um, how do you respond to people in a sales pitch that way? Oh, man, that's a good question for Jane. Yeah. <laughs> I I always I think that money is always just like an excuse personally and like maybe that's harsh but like and I think that some people for sure have financial constraints restraints everybody has bills to pay but I know I know for me like and maybe this is me really standing on my white privilege if I want to make something happen financially and it's a priority to me it's important to me well fuck it's done right man I believe you like when you said that right there yeah I'm totally bought in yeah me too okay and I'm the same and way. so the, the people that like come up with and you just have to listen to what the like excuses are right and then sometimes those are the longer term sales but sometimes those are the people you actually don't want to work with because they're going to be challenging you every step mm-hmm. on the value because they're not actually like sold. Mm-hmm. Like, so every step of the way they're going to be like, Oh, I paid this much money for this. Like, I'm just really not seeing it. I'm like, you promised this and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you weren't really into the can with cause you were like, yeah. you know, you were in a hard yes. So it's kind of like a lose lose, I think. Well, and, and yeah. you don't want to be dragging someone through the mud. In all of these scenarios too, we're selling, we're selling, people themselves basically like mm-hmm. like we're selling health we're selling personal development even selling a place to live like real estate selling yeah. speech pathology like it's or speech improvement right we're selling them themselves like an improved version of themselves back to them and if they're not ready to to 
like really embrace that improvement and like all of the good and the bad that goes with with changing and transforming then yeah I can usually feel the difference between an energetic no like a hard no and Mm -hmm. uh I'm making an excuse no but my kind of overall feeling and this might be a little bit pathological like I might have some room for growth here but overall uh I respect any no because it's like I don't want to work harder than you're willing to work Mm, and I just like leave it there but maybe there's some room to grow there where I could be a better I could because ultimately I am trying to sell them themselves their their Mm -hmm. growth so I could probably be better at that but, yeah. yeah, there's always room for improvement with it. And I find it, um, you were talking about like how you don't want to work with some people because they're always trying to just like question the value. And I totally can relate with that because some of the, like sometimes like some of the smaller products I have, like those give me the most trouble. But it's like I've never had somebody come back on like high ticket items. Like even if Even if it's like we talk, we go through it, um, close the sale, send the information over. And I've had a few, like literally never heard from them again. It's just like yeah. they took the online content, they either used it or they didn't, and they never followed up with coaching calls or anything like that. They just kind of went off and did their own thing and yes. never heard from them again. And that's never happened with like a smaller sale. It's always like, well, where's this? And like, I want this and like, send me this and this and this. And you're just like, okay, okay, geez. It's always more work. I find the smaller sales. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And so if someone ever did come back to any of you guys and wanted a refund on like a high ticket sale item or experience? That's never happened to me either. Not on the high no? ticket stuff. No. What would you do? For like a for a high ticket one? Yeah. I would probably just look in the backlogs and see if they've been using the, the programs, like all the online content. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have, I'd probably just be like, no. But if they if they hadn't if they hadn't I'd probably just be like yeah sure or like a partial or something uh, because I don't think I can actually revoke access on my platform yeah but I've never had like a big one like that so that's that's tough. It does make sense why you wouldn't on the big <clears throat> ones and why you do on the little ones mm-hmm. and that it's like that scarcity to abundance yeah. vibe or mindset. But I my um I front load the boundaries on the. F- front end though too of like this is as much as you're gonna put into it is what you get out of it and Mm. uh there are no refunds and especially since I am one-to-one for the most part yeah it's like you're you can't get your money back for time that I've already spent with you so yeah and yeah and and I also have a really I really believe in my policy around you're paying up front because you're investing in yourself up front and that means that you're more likely to do the hard work when the hard work comes up it's kind of like buying a a crossfit pass versus a good life pass right like if you have a good life pass that's 10 bucks a month likely you won't show up but if you have a crossfit pass that's 200 bucks a month you're going to show up because you want to get your money's worth and so i think overall the high ticket items people do get their money's worth I don't really even have any low ticket. Yeah. Like super low ticket. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's a lot of just that from the outset, like setting expectations. Yeah. For sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And like contracts. And so I definitely like have all that in place and I let people know that 
And I think, yeah, yeah, like thinking about it now, if somebody did come back, I'd be like, well, that's kind of like what you paid for. Like you said, like mm-hmm. you're investing. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that'd be tough though. You're still backing your own product. Even, yeah. um, even like when people don't well, like buy a ticket to something and don't show up, it's like, I still am going to back that. I saved that spot for you. I totally. invested in you energetically. Like mm-hmm. it's not really my fault. Like you're you didn't owning show up. your side of the, your responsibility yeah. to the 50%. It kind of comes to that yeah. old thing of like, I'm stepping in 50 and you're stepping in 50 in this partnership. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, I've upheld my 50. Mm-hmm. So if you're upset about not showing up and you want your money back, well, that was your part. That yeah. was your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. That's why I hate when people like, I don't know if you guys have this, but I have this sometimes where it's like a deal breaker, whether or not it's like, all right, like I want to break the payments up instead of paying all up front. Um, sometimes I find that's a deal breaker for people. And I try my hardest to be like, pay up front and then you're invested fully and you're going to get the most out of this, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that, yeah, it's, it's hard to sell that to people because feel like the likelihood of someone pulling out if they've you know maybe like done a month and they've only paid a little bit and they're like oh well, you know i haven't seen the results yet but it's only been a couple weeks and i know i'm supposed to wait longer but i've only mm-hmm. invested this much so i'm going to just like you know sink that and i'll just like, get the rest back kind of thing and just cancel mm-hmm. um yeah but i find that's tough because some people for some people that's a deal breaker at least from my experience yeah and it's just like like you said i think john is like setting those expectations on the outside of like you are investing in the long term here, so make your payment reflect that. Versus, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you go on a diet for four weeks, yeah, you'll see some results, but not as much as you're gonna see in you know a twelve week time frame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Knowing the value of our product, I think, is really important. Really backing that. Of like, I'm backing you by making you pay up front. I'm backing you by if you do do installments that they are significantly significantly over the long run more expensive than if you just pay up all front. Like you're incentivized. I was taught this early on. Like you you do save money if you pay up front versus yeah. if you pay over the long term. Uh, yeah. And that usually is enough incentive for people to to pay up front because they know they're saving a few hundred dollars in the yeah. long run. For sure, yeah, that's and that's a good and again, point. like it's not a manipulation, it's not a tactic. It's this is set up intentionally because it serves you, and I know that it does because I've had the similar like a similar situation happen with my own coaching where it's like I'll do it if I've invested in it. I yeah, will, it's just like basic psychology. It's like, yeah, it's basic yeah. psychology. Yeah, and it, we're mind hacking ourselves. Yeah, but it's not a manipulation because I'm, I'm out front with it. Like, I'll tell you exactly yeah. why, exactly why my prices are the way that they are. I, I'm not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. That, that authenticity mm-hmm. piece I think is really important. So, and maybe, you, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jenna. Well, I just want, I have one more question to pick your guys' brain with. If say you are just starting out in your business and you want to build your value, but you just like aren't quite there on believing in yourself and and your self-worth and your value with whatever it is that you're offering how would you build that up yeah actually that's really cool my question was going to be really similar of course (laughs) of course segue to to spirituality like what do you guys do to ensure that you are consistently always like believing and have that belief in what you're selling and yourself because 
for me, like I'm not selling necessarily upfront selling myself, whereas John, Jenna, Becky, you guys more so are, I think, in the services you provide. Mm-hmm. In our experience, yeah. Yeah, I think just like the kind of cliche of practicing what you preach consistently, at least for me, because it's like, you know, the types of stuff that I'm teaching in terms of movement, exercise, nutrition, stuff like that. I just, I'm just doing it anyways. And the more I do it, the better I feel. And then I convince myself of like, man, like if, if everybody could fucking feel this good, mm-hmm. everything would be better for the world. Like it, you would just, you know, less conflict, better conversations, more health, like it just all that stuff. And like when I can get myself in that mind state and kind of just make sure that I'm, I'm showing people how to do it in the best way possible. I use like online video courses. I'm just like, this is it step-by-step follow this and you'll be golden kind of type deal. Um, and that's how I kind of like build it. So yeah, I guess for someone just starting out, I would suggest just, yeah, try your best to, to, filter your passion into some sort of medium like i feel like online courses are just they're definitely getting overdone but it's like there are shitty ones and there are really good ones and people can tell really quick if it's shitty yeah. or if it's good and uh you, they'll they'll let you know what they think and uh <laughs> and the, and then that's like obviously if, if, if it works and if they follow it completely and they know, the people know if they follow it completely or not and if they do and they get results then that's that's what you want to see mm-hmm. yeah what was the question again? How do you build your self-worth in what you're delivering? Oh, um, I remember one of the first things that when you first walked into the door at a One Taste event, you could feel like these people were just confident and loving and open and it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. And mm-hmm. and I remember them, they used to say this thing that it was like, you're you're you want what we have kind of thing. Like you're paying to become the type of person that feels like this. And, and I just, yeah, I remember that really sticking with me and that it's, it's again, not even about the specific skill or the program or the, the thing that I'm saying, but it's, it's overall just the whole feeling of the entire experience and what that does on a, on a transformative healing level that you can't parcel them out. So it's not just like, yeah, some of the stuff I, is practical and, and useful, but some of it is just giving a lot of validation and approval that people have never had before mm-hmm. or attention that people yeah. have never had before in that, that high quality and like authentic purity. So that whole, I have a lot of confidence in that because I know that that's what worked for me. And so now it's my privilege to pass that on to other people and like let that network grow. Because I know that when I do that for you, like for Jenna, then it it has networked out into her entire family, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's a, it's like this domino effect that, uh, that happens and I have a lot of confidence in that. So it's just a matter of, yeah, getting people to the point where they're willing to spend the money. But usually by the time they come to me, they're, they're, they already know me enough to know. They, they know what I'm talking about there, that experience. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, um, are you guys running Facebook ads like clients? How do you usually go about it? Yeah, I do some Facebook ads. Um, I do... 
I get most of my clients through workshops because then they work directly yes. with me and then usually after that they're they're willing to invest more I'm like lucky that mine has basically been all word of mouth yeah Jenna's in so much <laughs> abundance when it comes to clients it's unreal um yeah like I just I'm really confident in the network that I've built um with the school systems but I think the thing that I'm starting to see now is I'm, I'm starting to, I'm asking you guys these questions too, because I want to venture out into the online world with some of the online courses and stuff. And I'm not quite there. Um, and I don't know really how to gain clients that way, but the thought of like, I ran a couple Facebook ads this last summer and it stressed me out so much because it is so stressful it is. <laughs> to like it is. watch the money going up and it's... then like having lots of link clicks, but no like conversions. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I was just like, Ugh, yeah. every day. It can be so good when it's working and then when it's not, you're just like, Jesus Christ. It's like, just yeah, leaking money. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, there's so many like streams now that you like have to yeah. touch on. So I don't know. I always say do a few things and do them very well. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like what I'm feeling for my business is that I'm kind of stuck in this old world thing and I want to jump into the new world stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm not quite sure how to bridge it. Like that's where I'm feeling the confidence mm-hmm. um, lack because when I on- offer online stuff and I'm not actually physically in person, I feel like I have to over deliver to the extreme and I'm still not really getting people or I just feel like I'm not giving enough. Mm-hmm. But in person, like that's not a problem. Yeah, I have this, a similar thing to that too. Where it's, it's like, I want to do these masterminds and I, I still want to be giving my time, but um, what's it called? Uh, when you... Scaling? Well, yeah, scaling it up to more people at a time, which I'm re- I feel like I'm ready to do, mm-hmm. but it this, it's the same thing. It, it feels harder to to break in and connect to people when it's just an ad as opposed to it's so easy when I have them right in front of me and I can Mm -hmm. coach them that's exactly it it's so easy then but it's very difficult to translate that online yeah so still still a work in progress it's funny I I feel more confident I feel so confident like on a call like like in person I've never pitched. I've never pitched like high ticket in person. I don't know what that would be like. That be that <laughs> scares me to think of. It's but interesting. Yeah, I've only been on the phone. Hmm. What about and just online in your content, like your writing or your your visuals or? Um, do you mean like for the ads? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll run. I'll run a picture ad to like I'll run a picture ad with like a fair amount of text. And then that'll link to um, like a almost kind of like a webinar, like a slideshow presentation with an audio, just kind of being like, hey, like if this is you, then X, Y, Z, keep following along with this presentation. And it'll be like basically a presentation just to try to like tell them like what it's all about. And at the end of the presentation, uh, they can book a call where it's like I actually call them. And so many people are just like so rattled when I actually call and they're like, wait, <laughs> who actually you? And it's like, they don't even like, a lot of them don't even know like me from like Instagram or like TikTok or anything like that. They're just like shocked that a Facebook ad actually worked and there's a person there. And we're like, always like, that's always a good note to start on. Like, oh my God, I can't yeah. believe you actually called. Like, yeah, you booked it, like blah, blah, how's it going? And then, uh, 
then quickly talk about the weather and then get into the sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find you have a lot of success with that? Yeah, I mean, when it works, it works well. It's just right now I'm in a phase where I'm kind of like redoing, I'm like redoing my like targeting. So it's like I'm going back, I'm basically like revamping the whole um, the whole presentation. So I feel, I feel like for a while it worked well. Um, but with Facebook ads, it got to the point for me where it was like, yeah, it just got scary investing that much money when the conversions weren't as good as they once were. Like when I first started running Facebook ads, it was like it was just like fucking insane. Like my whole call calendar was booked up. If I canceled a call because someone like wasn't interested anymore or weren't qualified, it was instantly f- filling back up. And I was like, holy shit. And then those ads kind of started to taper off and I need to get better at retargeting. So I'm kind of like tapering back, going back in and like revamping it. And then going to focus more on like retargeting. So like you get the initial blast people, most of which don't follow through, but then it's on the retargeting that you kind of eventually can convert into like a call and then hopefully a sale. Hmm. Okay. What I, um, there was a lot of, technical jargon in there <laughs> but what I heard was the passion come through yeah like a yeah. lot of passion and <laughs> a lot of passion and persistence and and genuine interest in this that it's all and this is where I'm going to tie in the spirituality piece mm-hmm. of it's a game yeah right oh, yeah. like we're we're figuring out how to live and it's it can seem kind of like dismissive and trivializing life itself. But overall, if we can look at this as it's a game, we're learning, we're constantly adapting and growing and we're playing to keep on playing. We're not playing to reach a goal. We're not playing to just like win the monopoly game and then it's over. It's the game. It's the infinite game. Right. So that's like switching from the rescue mentality. Yeah. When I get this, then. And I think that, what I'm getting from this conversation too is that that confidence and persistence are very hand in hand of really what confidence is, is not giving up. And that can be in conflict in a relationship, like, like the commitment to not give up on your relationship. It can look like that. It can be the commitment to be persistent in your business, in your sales process, especially when Facebook is just hemorrhaging money out of you (laughs) or or whatever it is there's that or the commitment to yourself and your own value Mm -hmm. and that you're selling something that's really of service to the world that's a need for the world that commitment to that I think is really 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 important in in what all four of us are doing in the world and and having like the the spiritual backing of service, I think, is really key here. Of overall, like I think, like all four of us really want to be in service to the collective, to humanity. As sure. lame as that sounds, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. I well, you can't that... persist without it. You can't. Yeah. You'll just have one failure and you'll quit. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or if you're too yeah. much in survival mode then you, if you're in survival mode, your morality tanks, right? Like your, mm-hmm. your reason for doing things for humanity is just like, well, I'm just in survival mode, so uh, it's okay that I steal from people or manipulate people or lie to people. And so getting out of that is a process too, though, because it's hard. Yeah, like survival mode. sales and income. <laughs> What's that? Survival mean? mode's fucked. I was going <laughs> to say, um... um it's weird when you're like, even though you can make like a really great product, it's kind of like bittersweet when you realize like, oh my God, 
it doesn't matter. That's like literally all marketing. It's like it mm-hmm. does not matter yeah. how good my product is, oh, even if I think it helps so many people. It's like if I don't market mm-hmm. this properly, it, it it's pointless. It's crazy, mm-hmm. but it's true. Yeah. It's so true. That crushed me because I made an online course last summer and I spent so many hours like making these videos and like making mm-hmm. the content and everything. And then when I saw it hemorrhaging money out of me on Facebook, mm-hmm. I just got like cold feet with it. I'm like, Nuh. yeah. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm going to come back to it. And I've been like revamping it over the year, trying to figure out how I want to re-angle this. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just about having trust that I do have enough passion behind it Mm -hmm. because I know it's good. And trusting that the supports come in, whether it's like a new business coach or it's a new friend or it's a new idea that, that those things will come in. If you're as, if you're in flow state, like you mentioned, then those things will come in when they're supposed to come in and trusting that the game is unfolding the way it's supposed to is that trust Mm -hmm. in the masculine that like big daddy of the universe that's taking care of us. Big daddy. Big daddy. I Becky, I, I mentioned that um, that snowshoe that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, they made, the guys made a podcast about it, like the leaders. Yeah. And I just got torn apart. Really? And I was like, this would have used to, like, it would have bothered me in the past, but I was just kind of laughing it off. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I did fuck. I just, like, wasn't prepared for this thing. It was, it turned into, like, a fucking life or death situation, basically. Really? And it was just totally fucked. But, yeah, they were just, like, chirping me for my gear and all that stuff. And, like, I was telling you, Becky, it was kind of like, I felt like they were my father. And I was just like help me i got so <laughs> fucked up and everyone was just like so fucked up and you're just like looking up to these people because it's like they literally have the compass and they're like where are we going where the fuck are we going like please get us out wow what a powerful experience for sure of like yeah. just surrender yeah your ego death that would have oh, to happen there yeah, it was yeah it was fucked yeah that's that's insane but i mean also with like bro intimacy they wouldn't be chirping you if they didn't love you like if they, oh, yeah. right? Like if they didn't, if they had no respect for you, then they wouldn't have said anything about it. But because they, they do want you to improve and they did see themselves in you. I'm sure that that's where all the chirping came from. Yeah. And I, I feel like I quickly kind of realized that because it's like on the podcast, they were calling me out by name and like really digging. And there was another guy on the trip who was probably the least liked and they wouldn't name him. They just kept kind of like saying it subtly, but they wouldn't say his name and they wouldn't go into details. And I was like, that's definitely because they're just like, man, fuck that dude. Like, I don't even want to like, cause he was kind of like dramatic and yeah. So they, yeah, yeah I kind of quickly realized Yeah, that's that exactly funny. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, such a cool representation of, of maybe having to go into your feminine a bit in those situations oh too. yeah definitely yeah and just yeah the trust required and yeah yeah it was it was weird but it's what it seemed like getting out and finishing and just being like, oh my fuck and like you're glowing for the next three days and nothing okay. matters and like you're just chilling doing nothing and you don't give a fuck and you're like, yeah. whatever life's awesome and now i'm just kind of like i want to go back like even though it was so <laughs> yeah. ridiculous and scary i'm like i want it <laughs> such a weird thing yeah, and all the all the social bonding that you got out of it, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like we're at our most optimal when we're struggling, whether yeah. it's like literally or business or 
I wish oh, that so more, true. more people would go on vision quests like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because it's important. Definitely. Yeah. I know what you're made of. <laughs> okay, yeah. so we have about four minutes left in this segment. We can continue on to a next seg- segment, but if we want to wrap up here, uh, can you... I think we each should just pitch our business a little bit as practice, but also to get it out there. Um, so basically, in like 30 seconds, what would you say your business is? What's the name of it? What does it provide for people? And where can we contact you, find you? Me. Yeah, we'll go, with, we'll go John, Jane, Jenna, and then me. Okay. Yeah, I have a health coaching, life coaching style business based on Instagram. My Instagram is Mayo Bros Calisthenics with um, underscores in between. And I basically show people how to get healthier physically and mentally by body weight training, yoga, meditation, flexibility work. Um, and I have like online content that kind of breaks down the process. My main course is a 12 week course called Primal Intuition, where I walk you through the whole program with Ooh, really? coaching calls interspersed. And that's that's my jam. I like the name of it, Primal Thanks. Intuition. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, I am in transition in the process of getting my real estate license, but I'm hoping to be able to offer more of an experience with someone purchasing a home uh, that will kind of more resemble a coaching relationship. Um, and then I also am very into fitness on the side and want to take on, I've just started taking on clients, teaching people to run for distance running. And so, oh, um, awesome. yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying doing that <coughs> and I'm noticing just the, the difference between like what is actually what your body's actually capable of versus where the mind gives out and um yeah just applying that to to sales to fitness pretty much every area of life amazing Amazing. yeah don't contact me yet website is under construction yeah okay yeah my business is howden speech and language and i'm a speech language pathologist and a teacher and i do a lot of my work in the schools but I also have kind of branched off into a lot of, I guess I would call it parent coaching, mm-hmm. really is what I feel like I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and teaching people how to connect with their kids, how yeah. to connect, and that's cool. really where the communication comes from. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. She's really good overall at teaching, just by example, especially that whole communication piece, because language and speech our two-way street right Mm -hmm. it's about understanding yeah and teaching parents that they're actually one they're 50 percent of the equation Mm -hmm. i think that's the big piece is that we have all these goals what we want our children to do and achieve and be but it's like teaching them to accept their children for who they are and go at their pace Mm -hmm. and then finding a way in to communicate with their kid in just the right way and then what's your website again so it's um, howdenslp.ca and then I have a Facebook page and an Instagram handle at howdenslp awesome so yeah and yes. then I'm Becky Palmer I have a business called Brilliance Health Coaching and I help people figure out their relationships to themselves to their own body to their chronic illnesses their pain to themselves and then to their relationships and how to have the conversation under the conversation, basically. So it's never about the fight about the socks. It's always about what the socks represent. And I hope you kind of <laughs> uncover that. 
<laughs> and my website is www.palmer-coaching.com. So that's great. We have 20 seconds left, so we can just say our goodbyes. And thank it's you. It's never about the socks. <laughs> it's never about the socks. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jane. Thanks, thank guys. you, Jenna. Yeah, awesome to have you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super fun.